Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into an emergency edition of the Illini Inquirer podcast. And for this one, it's a special occasion. Uh, so it was news team assemble for this one. So I got together the crew. Ryan Easterling and Isaac Trotter are with me because Illinois football has made a coaching change. Josh Whitman fires Lovey Smith, relieved of his duties. So this isn't a retirement. Uh, Josh Whitman, I think that's a statement in itself that it was a firing, but I think we all saw this coming or thought it should be coming because Illinois under Lovey Smith was 10 and 33 in Big Ten play. They were 4 and 26 during Big Ten West play. Here's the statement from uh, Josh Whitman. Lovey Smith led the Illinois football program with unquestioned integrity during his nearly five years of service. I have tremendous respect for Coach Smith and will always be grateful to him for providing a steady, experienced hand at a time when our program required stability. His unshakable leadership never more needed than during this pandemic will be forever remembered. Nonetheless, based on extensive evaluation of the program's current state and future outlook, I've concluded the program is not progressing at the rate we should expect at this advanced stage in Coach Smith's tenure. To achieve our competitive objectives, I believe new leadership of the football program is required. I will always look fondly on the time Lovey and I have spent together. I wish him and Marianne nothing but the best. Offense coordinator Rod Smith will conclude the season as the acting head coach. They got one game remaining. We, we remain to be seeing what that will be. And uh, Whitman will be meeting with the media 3 p.m. Sunday. So you might be hearing this afterwards, but we're recording this around 1230. Um, so this will be about a half hour podcast, guys. And I, I want to get into who our candidates are, um, who we think Illinois should take a shot at. But Ryan, Eason, I'll give you the floor what was your immediate reaction uh, to this news today? Well, um, having, having gone through a number of coaching changes while covering Illinois, I mean, I think you kind of saw this coming. Um, you know, it just felt like there was a lot of fatigue in the program. It felt like there was a lot of fatigue, especially in a year like this. I mean, this has been a pretty unprecedented year. It's been a very unconventional year. And I think just on top of the, the results on the field, I think mentally it just took a toll on a lot of people. And, uh, you know, to Josh's point, they, they weren't progressing in the way that they needed to on the field. Uh, you know, I think Illinois over the last five years under Lovey Smith has made a lot of strides off the field. Uh, but on the field, I, th I think that's really uh, ultimately the litmus test. And, you know, unlike some other previous coaches, Lovey did get the full five years. Uh, you know, he had gotten an extension during that time uh, and he had ample opportunities to, to build the program on the field. Uh, get a full cycle of his own roster on uh, on the team, and it just uh, just never quite came to fruition. They didn't they didn't get over the hump. I mean, they had a bowl game last year, but uh, obviously the the sights are set a lot higher than that, and they need to be. Um, 
And so, you know, given the trend, I, I think Josh felt that it was, it was time and I think it was justified to do it. Um, you know, I, I do commend Josh for doing it gracefully. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get that sort of a statement from Mike Thomas, uh, who was kind of a butcher really. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's being handled the right way. This hire, I think is the one that's really going to define Josh. Um, you know, Lovey was, was a pretty opportunistic hire at the time. I think it was a good hire at the time, given where in the cycle they did it. And I think it was right to, to move on from Bill Cubitt and hire Lovey Smith. Um, but, you know, again, I think now is the time is right and they had to make another move. And this is the one that's really going to define Josh's tenure, at least as the athletic director of Illinois. Isaac Trotter, uh, why didn't this work out? Why did Lovey Smith, after all the hoopla, I mean, it was – it brought integrity. It brought credibility back to the program at a time when Illinois had none after Tim Beckman. And I will give Bill Cubitt a lot of credit. I mean, what he did that year, that season, I, I, I still don't think is appreciated enough by Illini fans uh, because how they went five and seven that year with all going on. And, and Bill, I thought, coached that team pretty well. There weren't a lot of blowouts that year, unlike this year. Um, so I just think he deserves a little bit of credit. But why didn't it work after that, after that initial rush of, oh, my God, Illinois hired Lovey Smith? I think I think that Illinois hit it out of the park with the off-the-field stuff, a little bit like what Easterling talked about. Like, just you kind of got the you got the, the morale up with, with the fans. But every time we watched them, I felt like they were – they were behind opponents defensively schematic wise. And I didn't think they recruited at a high level because they didn't view recruiting the same way as other teams. So it always felt like you brought an NFL coach in and we got said, well, his name will resonate in Chicago and his name will resonate around the, the state. And it didn't. So I think you can start with the recruiting at the beginning. You could point to some bad luck over the years. Uh, the Bobby Roundtree injury st- st- come, like comes right into my mind that that's, a, that's probably his best recruit in his first class that you didn't get to see the fruits of that fully. You could look at the Bennett Williams and the Lou Dorsey things. Those are two stud recruits that you had as, as freshmen. What, is that, what does that secondary look like if Bennett's now? And you can go if, ands, and buts about it. It always felt like Illinois was a step behind. They attacked the transfer market to try to fix all these holes and plug all the holes, and it worked. They said, hey, our defense, even though it's old school, even though we have opposing coaches go, yeah, Illinois is going to do the same thing every single time. You know, like even though they took the ball away, it just didn't work. And and so I felt like the lack of adjustments, both in the recruiting and on the field, are the big reason why this didn't end up working out. Yeah, I mean, recruiting we can speak to, and I think that's going to be a reaction here, right? I mean, you got to have somebody who's uh, all in on prep recruiting, is all in on building those relationships. But I think his staff hiring guys at the beginning of this really is what set him back. I mean, Garrick McGee was such a, a huge hire. Um, I think we all thought, man, that's that's a big-time name. You know, a former head coach at UAB. Uh, it was a coordinator under Petrino. Now, that's Petrino's offense, and we know he called it. Um, but he recruited Lamar Jackson, so you're thinking, wow, if you can get that kind of player to Illinois. Uh, and obviously, it was it was a disaster. Uh, and Garrick McGee is still trying to figure out his way back into the assistant coaching tree, right? Um, and then Hardy Nickerson it doesn't have a coaching job right now. And that was a huge, fun name, but it just didn't translate uh, altogether. So those initial missteps. And then I think back, guys, to the first recruiting class Lovey Smith had was his best recruiting class. 
and they did really well in state. They had nine in-state natives, but more importantly, they were getting guys like Vidarian Lowe or uh, Kendrick Green, um, Alex Palczewski, finding good players, you know, those in-the-trenches players and winning those battles. Ricky Smalling being another one. I know he didn't play this last year, but he was a very good get and was very productive for them. And Josh Sternquist was leading that recruiting staff. And then Lovey fires him just a couple days after signing day. And, and that was kind of a first warning sign for me. And then he kind of, you know, put James Kirkland in the big role, former NFL scout. And it just felt like Illinois, since that point, didn't have, like, the right direction in recruiting. Like, they didn't get the game of it. Or my bigger issue was, I don't know if Lovey Smith truly wanted to get the game or, or adapt to the the high school recruiting game. And that's what it felt like. It, it just felt like an NFL coach uh, that, that had done his way for so long. And I just think there were some hiring missteps and probably some stubbornness on his part. Then you go to, I mean, Rod Smith, whatever. I mean, that hasn't worked out, obviously, offensively for the long term. And I thought this year Rod got in his way, maybe didn't pull the plug on Brandon Peters at times when he needed to. But, I mean, hire, hiring no defensive coordinator. Um, Illinois remains the worst in the Big Ten in total yards. They're the worst Big Ten West defense by scoring offense right now. And he hired his son as an assistant coach. You know, th- those missteps are what, um, you know, shine most to me. I don't know if we can call it arrogance or stubbornness or whatever, but it just felt like Lovey thought the college game and all these recruits would adapt to him. He'd find players no matter what. You have to really work for it. And, and I just, I didn't see that out of him, his years here, Isaac. And when you're recruiting at the level that you're at, I think we all knew that it might take a little bit of time for him to adjust the recruiting game. I didn't think we all thought he was going to be an ace recruiter right away because what was he selling? It wasn't selling a product that was going to go out and land top 100 talent. But that's where you said, okay, they need to focus on the guys that they do get. They need to focus on the player development. And we can look over the years. The player development hasn't been there. You know, Lovey's a defensive guy, and and I I think we all like the player that Jake Hansen has turned into, but his defensive line has been consistently undermanned the last few years. And that secondary, you know, Nate Hobbs hasn't really turned into the player that we all thought he might be. We really like him still, but he isn't the all Big Ten type of corner that we thought he could be. Tony Adams has improved a lot. Sidney Brown has been okay, but they never have the chances to get on the field together. And so it just feels like when you when you put all your eggs in that we're gonna we're gonna be great with player development and we're gonna get the best out of these guys and you constantly have these guys underwhelming and always wanting a little bit more from them that that's on the coaching staff. Yeah, we could go another year without seeing a Lovey Smith recruit drafted, right? And, and we're now into year four, uh, three of him. You know, going through this, I, I think some. You know, Kendrick Green's got a chance. Blake Hayes has a chance. I, I don't know. There's not many specialists that are drafted. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Alex Palczewski's probably going to come back for another year. So, yeah, I mean, you're not producing more pros than you were before, and that's that's a huge, huge issue here. Well, Ryan, what is Illinois – who is the next coach? What What is he taking over at Illinois? Is it a better program than it was when Lovey Smith took over? I think you've got better resources, especially off the field. I mean, I, I do think that having Lovey helped facilitate and expedite getting some of these facilities improvements that they've made uh, just because he had that cloud. He had that gravity coming in and they, they gave him all the resources he needed to do that. Um, you know, on the, on the roster side, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, hopefully they're able to make a quick hire because otherwise I think it's going to be more of a challenge to hold this roster together. 
Um, there are a lot of guys on that roster that I, I do believe have the utmost respect for Lovey Smith. And it's guys that, you know, over the last four or five years have come up with him during his time in Illinois. But I, I think whoever the next coach is task number one is hold the current roster together. Um, and especially with the potential for, uh, this offseason to turn into a free-for-all in the transfer market, it's going to be really, really dynamic as far as the situation goes to see um, just how much shuffling goes on between programs, how many guys elect to leave, how many guys choose to stay, uh, especially with the, uh, you know, the provision that this year really didn't cost anybody a year of eligibility. Um, so to me, I, I think task number one is hold the roster together, uh, but they do have some good pieces. Uh, and I, th I think the key for the next guy is, especially some of those, those guys that are fringe NFL players or guys that have ambitions and potential to play at the next level, keep those guys around because those are the guys that are going to be foundational for you in your first year. And those are the guys that can really help set the tone for the locker room. Yeah, no, I, I think um, this is going to be, re it's really weird, right? Because usually this would happen late November, early December. You got a couple of weeks to meet with the team, meet with the players, and then you have early signing period, early signing periods, Wednesday. And I've reached out to some of these recruits. Alan Trues reached out to some of these recruits. And these guys are basically like, I got to talk with my family. I have no idea. We're, we're blindsided right now. And I know Illinois and the staff, as they're supposed to, last week was kind of changing these kids' minds of waiting till February, right? So um, still waiting to hear back word of like what Illinois will tell these kids. But I would imagine they're going to say, hey, if you want to wait, go ahead and wait. But if you're a kid like Zachary Barlev or Josh Krutz, who wants to lock up your spot or, you know, Brody Wisecarver here is, is supposed to enroll early. Um, Josh Geske is supposed to enroll early. Uh, I would imagine those kids could do that if they want to, but all of a sudden do those kids have to rethink it with a month before reporting to the school they wanted that they might have to reopen their recruitment. It's a crazy time and it, it doesn't allow the next coach. Um, you would hope Whitman meets with the players and that he did today um, that he'll tell them, Hey, hold on, don't enter the portal before you know, I hire the next coach, give our next coach a chance. But the portal's going to be crazy, right? Both ways, incoming and outgoing. And I would say, Isaac, I think one thing this coach should learn is don't be afraid to use that portal right away. Lovey Smith went young, and I think it set back his program by taking all those losses, not building momentum. Meanwhile, you see Jeff Brom, whose program isn't great right now, right? But, like, they're steady. They're, they're a steady bull team, and that's partly because he went to these transfers early on in the process. 100%. 100%. And that's, what, that's where I go back to this whole Lovey Smith thing. It felt like they were always on the reactionary, right? They go, okay, we're going to build young, and then we're going to go to the transfer portal, portal later. They're, we're Defensively, we're going to try to take the ball away, but we're not going to do anything different. It felt like all reactionary with their recruiting, with the way they went after the transfer portal, and with the, after the, with the way they did their X's and O's on the field. And so I feel like this roster, too, you know, you know that these guys, like they're not, they're not crazy guys. You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of hotheads in this room. So I think that if you have an engaging coach that comes in and sells his program right away, I think, I think they have a lot of, they have a lot of continuity. A lot of guys that have been there for a while that could say, Hey, we have, a, we have a chance to really put this together. I know that there are a lot of players that felt like they had the tools to really compete and have a beautiful, like unbelievable year this year. And I think that there was, there was some sentiment throughout the locker room that some of the coaching staff was holding, holding them back. Some of the personnel decisions was holding them back. I don't know how many guys were there because of Lovey Smith. A lot of guys are there because of Corey Patterson. A lot of guys are there because of Rod Smith. A lot of guys were there because of Mike Bellamy and stuff like that. I don't know how many guys were there only because of Lovey Smith. And now that he's gone, they'll automatically just run away from it. 
Yeah, I certainly think there are guys who came here to, to play for a former NFL coach and Lovey helped with them, whether it's Johnny Newton or whatever. But yeah, I think they'll they'll be open minded uh, to this. And uh, I, I do think whoever's taking over Illinois is likely going to have one of the bottom rosters in the Big Ten West. Now, I don't think it's nearly uh, towards the bottom is, is what Lovey had in 2015, 16, and 17, right? Or 16, 17. Um, I think it'll be better than that. Um, so I don't think it'll be as big of a rebuild, guys. Um, so I, I, but you got to make the right moves. You got to coach them up the right way. Okay, this is an interesting, obviously, coaching cycle during a pandemic, guys. But Illinois, Arizona, um, you know, if you're talking about jobs at that level, there's no other Big Ten job open right now. Um, this is this is a decent time, I think, for for Josh Whitman and looking at the pool candidates. And I have my my hot board 1.0. And can I be honest with you guys, Isaac? You know when I started this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, three <laughs> weeks ago at least, a oh, month ago, a year ago, well before that, <laughs> a year ago. <laughs> I I started this, Isaac. Do you remember? It was Illinois fell to two and three at Minnesota last year, and we took down an ele- we took an elevator ride with Josh Whitman down to the floor level to end this game, and they were uncompetitive, zero and three to start the Big Ten. And I go, I got to start making my list. So on the airport ride back, uh, I started putting together a list, and a lot of the same guys are on that. Lance Leipold, um, uh, not Sean Lewis. I didn't have Sean Lewis on that one, but a lot of the names that I had on there are still there, still available, and I think even more attractive more proven to Illinois, but I do think there's a decent time because I do think there's some group of five candidates who are really good. I think there are some interesting guys that, you know, Whitman, could he pull off the Brad Underwood steal uh, could do that. There's some coordinators as well. Um, so Ryan, what do you think about what the market is right now? And what Illinois is entering? I, I think it is a good year to, to make a hire. I mean, obviously it's never a good year to have to fire somebody, but it's a, it's a good year to make a hire because the market is not ultra competitive and some of the other spots have already filled in. Now, I mean, on the Power 5 side, we'll see what happens as some of the other conferences wrap up play. Um, but you do but get you a know, head start, right? Like that, yes, I think firing yes. Lovey a week before the season ends, like it made sense to me if they wanted to hang on through the signing period. Uh, but I think Josh wants these recruits to have the, the right idea and they don't want to swindle those guys. But I do think... Um, you know, this this makes sense to get a, a head start in case some other Big Ten job opens or some other comparable Power Five job opens. Well, and, f- and for that matter, too, I mean, you saw what the result uh, of last time's hire happened, you know, when it happened in like the early spring or late winter. I mean, it it basically wasted off the entire first year because you, of where you start. So I think getting this hire done, um, you know, I would imagine that Josh has probably been contemplating this and working some back channels for a while just because of, you know, you don't make a decision, or at least I should say Josh doesn't make a decision of this gravity without at least having some some measures in place. So I think the wheels have been turning. Um, you know, I, I think it was a calculated move in the sense that he's got a plan. Um, now, of course, it's on him to execute that plan and convince somebody that, uh, you know, Illinois is, is the right opportunity for them. Um, but, you know, I, I think one of the big keys is you want to get somebody that's stable. Um, but is also understands college football. You know, I, I, I liked the idea of Lovey Smith having the NFL pedigree. His name carried a lot of weight in the Illinois area. But as Isaac brought up, recruiting was a problem. Uh, you know, they got some good recruits along the way, but overall I felt recruiting really never lived up to where it needed to. Uh, and I think an established college coach that's got a college staff 
um, somebody that's been around for a while uh, will bring something or will bring that. And that's something that the Illinois staff didn't have. And uh, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum. I've always felt that they just didn't recruit the state of Illinois. Well, they did well in the first class and then it just got progressively worse and worse. And I think if you get back to that, that's really where you build your foundation. Yeah. You don't got to own it, right? You're not going to own the state of Illinois that that's not going to happen, but you have to put more of an effort. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't be publicly questioned with your effort. And I get it. Lovey Smith's tried places like, you know, Chicago Phillips and East St. Louis, and those didn't work out. Right. So I think, you know, Illinois does have to do way more than other programs, uh, but mostly because it's it struggled on the field. If you give if you give effort like they did early when Sternquist was here, uh, if if you give um, if you build those relationships and you start winning games, uh, I, I think those coaches, you know, might not be your best friends, but I, I think they'll be more open and those players will be more open uh, to going to you. I mean, Isaac, we always think of reaction hires, right? I, I mean, there's always reaction hires, and you know, Beckman was a little bit of that to uh, Zook because he built a program up at Toledo and on paper, it was good. Uh, Mike Thomas still never answered to me why he saw what he saw in the interview, but uh, you, you could understand it on paper. So is this going to be the reaction hire to Lovey Smith, younger, up and coming, hungry guy, or what do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that, I think that we see the pendulum swing a little bit. And so after you've kind of dealt with an NFL guy and listen, here's the thing. I think that people who question Lovey Smith's intentions or question whether he um, really cared about this job, I think you're lying to yourself if you think that he didn't care about this job. He did. He might not have shown it the way you liked it. He might not have been active in, in the press conferences in the way you wanted it, but he did care. And he did try really, really hard, I think. But I think that this public persona, the next coach, could really matter here. And that's where I go. I want a young guy. I want a guy who knows the college game. I want a guy who's going to recruit at a high level. And and most importantly, I want a guy who shows how much this means to him. Because there are questions about Lovey Smith, you know, whether we like it or not, there, he's had greener pastures that he's been at. The Super Bowl is bigger than any game that Illinois will ever play. In. And I want a coach that goes, this is my dream job. This is the job that I need to succeed at. Not one who's trying to maybe add a little bit more to the bankroll a little bit as he finishes off his career. Well, I mean, it's natural. It's not, it's not to say Lovey Smith didn't try at this job, right? It's just, if this didn't work out, Lovey Smith, this is like the third line of his wikipedia page right like for pj fleck at minnesota that's the most important this is the biggest opportunity he may ever have like if he if it doesn't work out here he's got to start at the bottom or he's going to be an assistant coach right tom allen at indiana no one question i mean that guy gives his all and there's no question about it because this is his big opportunity and he's making the most out of it you know for lovey smith i just think naturally it's like ah i've had a good run right like and if this doesn't work out I'll be fine. I, I can retire and I'm done. Right. And I would imagine uh, that's what will happen with Lovey Smith. So um, I, I do think what, I mean, it doesn't have to be young and up and comer. Lance Leipold is not young, um, but this would be the biggest opportunity he would ever have. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So Ryan, give me give me a couple names. Like who who would be, give me two names who are your top targets right now. Oh, you, you said it. I, I really like Lance Leipold for a number of reasons. Um my mom doesn't like Lance Leipold because my mom went to Mount Union oh. and Lance Leipold whooped their ass year after year after year. <laughs> I might have to put so, explicit on this one now. Thanks. Yeah, I know. This is NSFW. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I, I've seen the guy be a successful coach. I mean, and Mount Union was a powerhouse and he did, he dethroned them for a number of years. So I know the guy can coach. Uh, I mean, he inherited a pretty good program at, at Whitewater already, but I mean, you see what he does at Buffalo. He runs a system in a, I think you could say a similar climate to Illinois uh, that works. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you've seen what that program has been able to do with a guy like Jarrett Patterson this year, who's just running roughshod over the Mac. Um, And they're not just a good offensive team. They've got a good sound defense. Now, one one guy I want to add to that, Rob Ionello, uh, who's an assistant coach, is one of the best. Excellent recruiter. One of the best recruiters in the country. Midwest guy. Was he at uh, Notre Dame? He was at Notre Dame. And Akron's former head coach, I believe. Um, So that that would be a a nice – I think you'd have a decent staff that could hit the ground running in recruiting. I've I've done some looking into their staff, and most of their guys have Midwest ties of some sort, You know, whether it's from the Whitewater days or there are a couple guys that had stops at either SIU or NIU. So they're familiar with the territory. So I think from a recruiting standpoint, they would have – at least some of those connections already. I mean, you, you do recruit nationally, but you've got your areas that you go to. And I, I think they have those built-in advantages. Now, one, I, I haven't looked too much into the history of their coordinators. I don't know how tightly tied he is to some of the guys. I know there's a couple guys he's been with pretty much since the beginning of the Whitewater days. Um, but I think one thing you could look at is, you know, does he, you know, he's 56. It, this could very well be his last stop if it works out for him. Um, I like how we think know, 56 is like really old. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it though, like these guys get into coaching in their early twenties, he's been doing it for 30 years. So he's seasoned, like yeah. he knows how it goes and he's been in college the whole time. Um, you know, I, I just wonder if maybe this is a situation where if he does this for six to seven to eight years, in Illinois, that puts him at like 62, 63. Um, you know, does he basically get somebody in a coordinator position that he can groom to be a future head coach? And Jeremy, I'm teeing this up for you. Go for it. Well, no, it's, it's for me, <laughs> for me, it's like, man, seven, eight years. I mean, we don't get that in Illinois, right? I mean, I guess Turner, Turner did that, but like, I mean, how long did the Zucker get? I, I just don't, like seven I, years? I don't worry about those age things as much as other people do. Like, I don't think North Carolina is worried about Mac Brown. Um, Nick Saban's pretty old guys. <laughs> like Bill and, Snyder was coaching in his eighties. Right. I mean, he's, he's pretty old. So, okay. Uh, you gave one, I'm going to let Isaac, uh, take the next one. Isaac, you better not take my guy. I, I do it. I just don't understand how you can go through this process and then not least ask Nate Shieldhouse if he's interested. <laughs> you did it. You just, my guy. I just, I just don't understand because he crosses off a lot of boxes because if you have one conversation with Nate, you're going to leave enlightened. 
you're going to leave that conversation going, that dude has his head on straight. Right. And I feel like he cares. Like, obviously he cares. He'd give you an in-state recruiting push. The fact that they let him leave before and decided to hire some of Lovey Smith's NFL friends. Another huge mistake that we all knew when it happened is you find a way to get Nate Shieldhouse and Corey Patterson on your staff, because that's exactly what you needed. And to let Nate Shieldhouse walk, knowing who he was and the person he is and the future he has was a huge misstep by Lovey Smith. And, and people in that program knew it at the time. How did we let this guy walk away? Um, and I, it'd be a bold choice, okay? He's a wide receivers coach. He's been a Division One staffer for, what, five years? And Lovey Smith did give him that opportunity, as well as Bill, Bill Cuba gave him the opportunity. Lovey Smith allowed him to continue. But... Like you have to like, this might be your one chance at him. And you buy early on him. You get him early because if he keeps, if he attaches to Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell's ceiling is going up. That's a stock that you'd want to invest in right now. You know what I mean? That's like Bitcoin in 2017, right? Like that's, that's what you're doing. And if he decides to stick with Matt Campbell, that's totally fine. But you are not going to be able to get him in three or four years. Like you can say, oh, well, he's an Illinois guy. Guy, he's always going to want to come play for his home state. No way, no way. Not if not if he is an assistant coach at USC or an assistant coach at a high level place like like Michigan and is going to go do really big things. So I feel like this is your chance to buy early, and that's an easy sell. It's a yeah. really easy sell. I mean, you, you have to get him before he becomes a coordinator. Yeah, because well, I just don't know if you're going to have another. I would hope you don't have another coach opening before you have a, another one where where Shieldhouse is there. But I mean, he's going to be a coordinator very shortly. Uh, he's on NFL radars already, but he's he's an alum. We know how special of a person. He is. His teammates know how special of a person he is. He's killing it on the recruiting trail. He's learning from one of the best coaches in America. And yes, he'd be green at, at, at this job, right? But he is learning from Campbell. I think we all know he has the leadership and personality to do the job. And then you let him have the resources to go find people who could be on his staff. Listen, I don't know if this will be the guy, but if, if you need to hire Bill Cubit as an advisor, Right, like oh, no. Cuban. I know that, Ryan. I know you're gonna oh. do that. But like Nate has those connections to where I'm not saying just Cuban, but I'm saying yeah. if you have those connections, which Nate should have, you can find those people. If it's a, it's an analyst, right, who's a former head coach who you can pay four hundred thousand dollars to to help him, or an offensive coordinator who's been a former head coach. Like I, he's got those leadership qualities that are special. And I don't know if he should be the guy. Um, you have to figure that out if you're Josh Whitman. Whitman was kind of that guy as an AD candidate. Like he had more, he had AD experience, but it was division three AD experience. So it does sound crazy. It would be a bold move, but Nate's different, right? Just like I think Whitman is different and boy, would I think fans be excited? I think it really work out in recruiting. I think those people, the alumni uh, players would be very uh, happy. I think donors would be very happy. So it sounds crazy guys, but it's crazy enough for me knowing Nate as well as I know Nate that it could work out. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a gamble. It could pay off. It could pay off big. And the only, the concerns I have would be coaching tree. I I think he's absolutely respected. I think he's a rising star and a surefire future head coach. It's just, if you put him in position right now to run a program and you task him with hiring a full staff, I I just, 
I don't know if now is that time. I, it could be. I, I think he's the kind of guy who would, you know, you throw him in the deep end, tell him to swim, he's going to swim. Mm-hmm. But is it going to work out and is he going to get the leash to do it? And that's why, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I think if you bring in a guy like Leipold, a guy that's been a proven head coach, one at every step, runs a system that would mesh really well with what Nate's used to and give him a quarterback like Isaiah Williams, you give Nate five, six years under a guy like Leipold and then basically take the training wheels off. Leipold transitions out. Nate transitions you, in. You make you him the coach in waiting. I don't think you could get Nate as a coordinator. I, and that, I, I, I don't think you're the that, thing. It'd I think have to Nate's, be a coach in waiting. Yeah, I, yeah think, have to. I think Nate's past that. And I don't think Leipold would come into this being like, yeah, I'm going to give that guy coach in waiting. I don't know him. Um, so I, I think like all these things people are talking about, go hire Tom Manning as your head coach, the offense coordinator mm-hmm. at Iowa State, and bring in Nate as the offense coordinator. Well, wouldn't Nate just be the offense coordinator after Manning at Iowa State? Wouldn't he just stick with Campbell? I mean, I would think so. Um, okay, uh, we got about 10 minutes, give, guys. Give him the old Matt Campbell, Tim Beckman treatment. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I know fans don't like Mac, right, after John Gross and, and Tim Beckman. I think there's some really good candidates. We've already mentioned Leipold. Sean Lewis is young. Um, but boy, that offense is fun. And he's turned around Kent State. He's an Illinois native. Uh, Oakland knows the suburbs, recruits it decently well, not as well as some of the other MAC teams. But he's turned around that Kent State program. Um, I think Chuck Martin from Decatur, Ryan, um, has a lot of in-state connections, had a lot of success uh, at uh, the Division II level, right? Grand Valley State was unbelievable there. He's turned around, you know, Miami, Ohio the last couple of years. That's the cradle of coaches. Uh, middle-aged, 52 years old, uh, but former Notre Dame offensive coordinator, has done a good job at Miami, Ohio. Not a great one, but he's got a lot of in-state connections. They recruit Chicagoland pretty well as well. Tim Wester, another Illinois native, Western Michigan, took over a very good thing at Western Michigan, right? Um, but he's a Wheaton native spent days at Elmhurst, recruits the state incredibly, incredibly well. He would run to this job, guys. And I I think there could be some mutual interest there. Um, So I know people are are tired of the Mac, Ryan, but those are some good candidates. So those are legitimately, they're not Luke Fickle, but Luke Fickle turned on Michigan State. I doubt he's coming to Illinois. So those are some good candidates out of the Mac. Well, and, you know, another Milliken alum, talk about Decatur and guys that are, ooh, Sorry, go. I got a call. Uh, another uh, another Millican alum, Jeff Munkin, a guy that's that's from the state of Illinois, Millican alum, Jeff I was Munkin, end and he there. runs a unique system. I was going to end with him mm. because he's so different, right? He's run that option scheme, but his brother is Todd, um, and Todd runs this spread pass-heavy scheme, right? So I just think – I think he'd be adaptable, and I think he'd be loved by high school coaches. Uh, Jeff Mock in Army, uh, by the way, for yeah. people who don't know, has had incredible success at Army, is an incredible leader of men at Army. Um, the question would be, how, how would he recruit right at this level? Hasn't been tested at this level. How does the system work at this level? So, But, man, I mean, he's, he's a leader of men, and I, he would have a staff, I think, that could hit the ground running. Yeah, and I don't know that he would necessarily be married – to that staff or to that system. I, you know, I, I think he's been around coaching long enough. He's seasoned. He could probably adapt to some degree. Now, I, I think he probably sticks to that option game to, to some regard. I don't know that we're necessarily going to see like wing T, uh, but I think, you know, he, he stays committed to the run. It's something that 
you know, it's kind of an identity in Illinois. And, you know, this year, Illinois kind of gotten away from the run. I think that's one thing that maybe the next coach gets back to. And so you look at some of the guys you're looking at, um, you know, despite the Mac being a pretty wide open offense uh, conference, you know, you look at a guy like Leipold runs the ball a lot. I mean, you go Sean Lewis, you're getting that Dino Babers, Baylor style spread offense, throw it all over the place. But, you know, I, I think, I think, a lot of the common thread of a lot of those guys you just talked about, there's Illinois roots. And I think that's going to play a big role in Josh Whitman's decision. I, you know, I think he understands that there has been a disconnect with the state. Oh, I think this week was embarrassing it. with the coach. Oh yeah. It was embarrassing. Oh yeah. And, and you know, the other thing too, is I think when you solicit feedback from a lot of these former players, especially former players from the state of Illinois, it's a common theme. It's, it comes up time and time again, you know, these guys feel like it, it all starts homegrown. It, yeah. There's got to be Illinois roots. There's got to be at least some meaningful connection to the state of Illinois. And even, even external people are, are saying this. So, you know, it's not just people within the program. A, a lot of people feel Illinois needs to get back in touch with their own state. All right, guys, wrapping this up. Isaac, any other names? I mean, coordinators, Marcus Freeman from Cincinnati. I thought Lovey should have hired him as defense coordinator a couple of years ago uh, if he was able to get him from Fickle. Jim Leonard at Wisconsin. Um, I mentioned Tom Manning, Iowa State. Uh, anybody else you want to throw out there? No, Marcus Freeman was the other name that comes in. I think that would be a, another high-energy type of guy. But, I mean, every single time we bring up these guys, it feels like, well, if this works and if that works and this could be a good self, potential, 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 but, but, but. I just go back to Nate and I go, there's not a lot of ifs, ands, and buts about it because I feel like you know what you're going to get from him. And are there questions about him? Is it maybe a little bit too early? Is it bold? Yeah. But you have a potential roster that I feel like you could keep a lot of those guys. You could keep a Corey Patterson around if Nate Shieldhouse gets it. And you go find his Phil Martelli, right? You go find that older guy who's been a head coach for a really long time that can come be his ace assistant that he leans on that can teach him how to be that guy. So it feels like we can go through all these names and a lot of them would make sense. And maybe Leipold is the guy, maybe Monken is the guy, right? But it feels like Nate, the the floor is so high with him. The floor is so high with him. And if anybody's going to get the most out of this team and going to get it the most out of this recruiting the state, it feels like Nate Shieldhouse. That's what I, that's the name I just keep going back to every time. One wow. interesting note on Nate. I'd have to go back and double check this, but I'm fairly certain his mom still lives in Champaign. I think so. Yeah, I've met, I've met her. Uh, I've seen her around as well. Um, so, yeah, I, he loved it here. Um, I, I don't think he turned down the job, guys. I just don't know if he gets the job, right? Like, It's a, the, it's the a big odds, risk. But, but... I, I think Whitman... I mean, they, they have a lot in common. They're alums. They're young. You know, take a chance on them. Maybe it works out. Um, I think it'd be fun. It, it'd certainly be fun. But I, I do, I'm not, like, all in on him. I think there's other really good candidates. And what I'm really interested to hear from Josh Whitman is he didn't have a coaching search his first time, right? He, he did not do a coaching search. He I called think, Ron Turner. That was a misstep. <laughs> I, I think he would now say that was a misstep. Um, so yeah. I'm wondering what he learned from that, maybe what he learned from – going through the Brad Underwood search about how to find your guy or, or what he's looking for. And is this a reaction hire? So we'll hear that from Whitman coming up. All right, boys, I got some phone calls to get back to and uh, some more content to get to, but uh, it's going to be an interesting week ahead. Uh, Illinois just released their playing Penn state in the crossover game. Yikes. Have fun with that. I mean, Penn State's not good, but I think they're more talented than you are. Um, so that could be a rough end of the season. But I hope for Rod Smith and, and those coaches and those players uh, that they have a better performance because 
at least now we we aren't talking about I wonder what Josh Whitman's thinking. I, I wonder what the future is. Um Josh Whitman saw what we all saw, guys, and that's that this wasn't good enough, right, Isaac? No, it was not it was not good enough. And when you win ten big ten games and most of them are against Rutgers, that's just not gonna get over the hump. The four game winning streak was really fun and it, we needed more and we didn't get it. And Lovey Smith's gone. And now Illinois is better today. We will always have San Francisco pre-pandemic, Isaac. We will always have that. And I just don't know what my life will be like without having Lovey Smith call me before walking into a classroom to be yeah, ready. Maybe someday we can share some of those stories as well. Uh, Ryan, any parting thoughts? No, I mean, I, I think Josh is going to move quick. I think he's going to move deliberately. And I, I don't think that he just started thinking about this today. He so did, it's they, gonna happen quick. They did say national search, and I don't think that's yeah. I, I I don't know if he's got a you guy. You always say up. that. Right, but he didn't have Underwood lined up. I mean, that was a right. search. He went through Archie, he went through some of these other guys, and Conzo they purportedly made contact with. So I think I think he's actually just making contact with the like he might have done some back channels, see who's interested, and now you go through the process. I do think there will be a process here though. Only right. time will tell. All right, boys. Appreciate the time. Uh, thanks. Yeah. All right, see you guys. All right, we got a lot of content up at IlliniInquire.com right now. Check out our coaching candidates list. Check out my column on uh, why I thought divorce was good sometimes, as uh, one guy told me a lot. Uh, it's just time for Illinois to move on. Wrote a column on that. Um, have more reaction from across the college football world uh, about Lovey Smith and his firing. And I'm just seeing now that uh, I believe this is real. I, you got to check the verification on some of these, and yes, it is a verified account. Brett McMurphy reports Auburn has fired Gus Malzahn, so add a Power 5 job. Um, but I do think it's important Illinois maybe made this move now. Get a head start, you know, maybe get in here and find your guy before some other jobs uh, could open up across the country, especially, I think, in the Midwest here. Uh, so I think that's important for Illinois to do. But uh, we will have more content coming up on the site. Uh, Josh Whitman's meeting with the media in about an hour and a half here, so we'll have more on that. If you're listening to this after 3 p.m., uh, by the time you have dinner, we'll probably have some content up about that. You'll have this press conference, all those things. Uh, it's a busy time for us. So uh, all you VIP members on the board, I'll get to your uh, questions, inquiries, all of that coming up. But if you're not on the VIP side of things, now's a great time to sign up. Coaching search is underway. We'll figure out as much as we can. we got a great national team at 24-7. we got plugged in people across the network. We'll give you the latest and what we hear on the Illinois coaching search, and I'll try to do the same. And keep up with recruiting because, boy, Illinois football probably in the next week or two is going to have a new football coach. That's a new staff. That's a difference in recruiting. But it's also a reset, and a reset was really needed for Illinois football, sadly, after four or five years. I do want to say uh, Lovey Smith and I you know, had a very good professional relationship, and I always appreciated um, you know, our relationship. He didn't always give us the quotes. He didn't always give us what we wanted, and sometimes you, know, you report things that he doesn't want you to report. So there's always you know, going to be some conflict with the coaches that you cover, uh, but I always thought he was professional. Uh, I learned a lot uh, in my time on the beat with Lovey Smith, and um, you know, hopefully um, he respected the way I covered the team as well because – I think he knew I was going to be there. And if he had an issue with it, uh, whatever I wrote, that, that he could confront me about it. And I would have a discussion with him. And uh, sometimes those discussions can be uncomfortable. But uh, I appreciated our relationship, professional relationship, over the last couple of years. And I do think Lovey Smith personally brought credibility, respect, uh, honor back to Illinois. He just didn't win enough football games. 
He didn't win enough football games because some of the decisions he made, um, whether it was staff, whether it was recruiting decisions, um, he didn't win enough football games. And it's really tough to do here at Illinois. Uh, but uh, it's Josh Whitman's job to go find that person who can be successful, who can take you to the heights that you've seen with Iowa State or now Indiana having the year they have or, or Minnesota under P.J. Fleck. You got to have that kind of feeling. And right now you don't. And you weren't going to have that in the future because if you held on to Lovey Smith for too long, um, an extra year, uh, the long-term ramifications of that could have been huge and really set back the next guy if it were a next guy next year. Um, so I thought it was important. I think they got some things to sell. He's just got to pick the right person uh, to lead this program. And we will see who he picks, what he's looking for in the next head coach. But again, Keep up with it all at IlliniInquire.com. Thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.